You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Season 2 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting. Or maybe something spooky. Or maybe something just... Mysterious. The earth is for sure a very strange place. It has unusual sounds that it makes. It gives off odd vibrations. It has some really awful smells sometimes and even produces inexplicable lights at other times. I want to talk this week about some of the more widely known oddities of this place we call home. We're starting with the Taos Hum, Taos, T-A-O-S, a town in New Mexico. The world is full of mysteries, as I said, and while people talk about the much hyped ones, there are certain mysterious things that have remained unsolved even after years of attempts. One such mystery is the Taos Hum mystery. It is about a constant, annoying, and mysterious low-frequency humming sound that is faintly heard in the air of Taos, the small desert town of New Mexico. No matter how many scientific attempts have been made, the source of the hum remains to be undetected. Here are 20 facts about the Taos hum mystery that will help you understand what it's all about. Number one, the Taos hum was first officially reported by the residents of Taos in 1993. Personally, I have a feeling This was around a lot longer than that, but nobody said anything. So in 93 was apparently the first official report of it. Number two, the description of the hum keeps on varying. While some describe it as a constant annoying humming sound, some describe it as a whir or a buzz as well. Number three, the Taos hum is a selective phenomenon. Only 2% of the population of Taos are found to be genuine hearers of the Taos hum. Number four, even visitors to the city of Taos have reported hearing the hum. Number five, about 62% of the hearers of the hum perceive the hum between 8 p.m. and 9 a.m. Number six, 80% of the hearers 
perceive the hum sound at least once a week, which shows that the hum is persistent. Number seven, about 19% of hearers have reported perceiving the hum even at sites which are more than 50 miles away from Taos. This points to the fact that the source of the hum must be widespread. Number eight, about 72% of the hearers are between the age group of 30 and 59 years. This will rule out the chances of old age hearing problems as well. Wait a minute, old age, I'm 58. I must be getting decrepit then. Anyway, old age at 59, no, 80 maybe. Yeah. Number nine is the distribution of male and female hearers is almost equal, with 52% hearers being male and the rest being females. That would make 48%. Number 10, the hum is described as a low frequency sound that would somewhat be similar to the sounds generated by idling diesel trucks or the running sound of a distant pump. Number 11, many hearers claim that they've been hearing faint beats between the perceived tones. Number 12, it is being identified as a sound that has a carrier frequency range of 30 to 80 hertz. Number 13, the hum is more noticeable when the hearer is inside a house or a car. It is not so prevalent outside. Number 14, no one has been able to successfully record the sound of the Taos home to date. Number 15, sensitive equipment being set up in the homes of the hearers to determine the underlying cause of the home recorded nothing and found nothing unusual. Number 16, there are many side effects of the Taos home reported by locals. These include sleep disturbances, headaches, and dizziness increased pressure on ears, abrupt nosebleeds, and loss of libido. Yeah, I'll let you think about that one. Number 17. A theory suggests that the hum is an outcome of ultra-low frequency RF signals that are getting emitted by the molten core of the earth. Number 18. Some suspect the U.S. Navy ELF or ELF extremely low frequency stations that are based out of the Michigan Peninsula and Wisconsin are the possible sources of the hum. However, no concrete conclusion could be drawn on this even after extensive research. Number 19. A group of scientists believe that it is the effect of tinnitus ringing in the ears, noise in the ears, on the resonance of Taos. And number 20. There is another group of scientists who want to tag the mystery of Taos hum as an auditory disorder of some kind, which has affected the people of Taos, but is yet to be discovered by medical science. The source of the Taos hum remains to elude its researchers. UFOs, seismic movements, paranormal activities, and many more possible reasons behind the Taos hum have been weaving up in the minds in, of people worldwide However, the original source and reasons for the Taos hum is yet still in mystery. Or is it? The Taos hum has taken on a much broader foothold as it gives way to dun, 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 the hum. That's right, folks. The Taos hum has gone international. It is now just being called the hum. In 1998, 
scientists discovered that the planet is constantly making a sound. This was vindicating news for a very small minority of people, for sufferers and conspiracy theorists throughout the world who were obsessed with a low hum that seemingly only they could hear. The phenomena of Earth's constant but quiet vibration is called simply the hum. Reports of the hum pop up from the 1970s all over the world, and occasionally enough people report it to cause a bit of a media stir. In the early 1990s, stateside it was the Taos hum in New Mexico that became prominent, and then it was followed later by the Kokomo, Indiana hum. In 1994, it was the Bristol hum in southwest England. People who complain about hearing the hum describe it, as I said before, of truck motors running in the distance, and they usually hear the noise at night or in isolated locations. Some people even claim the sound gives them nausea, headaches, and nosebleeds on top of being very, very unsettling. Before its existence could be proved, most doctors and scientists wrote off people complaining of a constant low rumbling as victims of delusion or tinnitus. It wasn't until 1998 that seismologists discovered the earth was giving off very slight vibrations all the time around the range of 10 millihertz. That's frequency so low that it's supposed to be out of the range of human hearing. But that hasn't stopped online communities of hum sufferers, and they call themselves hummers, from amassing at sites like thehum.info, where you can share your accounts of the hum in the hum sufferers database and put yourself on a world map. After 1998, with the seismic cause isolated and the existence of an earth hum verified, the search for the cause of the phenomena began. It wasn't until 2008 that Black Forest Observatory in Germany took, with supporting data from seismologists in Japan and China, to mapping the patterns of vibrations and discovered the Earth's oscillations move in rings and loops over the Earth's surface. That pattern indicates a force that's moving across the planet's surface, not a force that's pushing down on it. By 2009, there were two main theories involving the planet's oceans and the hum. The dominant theory was that deep waves moving across the entire ocean would brush up against the natural geography of the seafloor and vibrate the planet. A seismic observatory called the U.S. Array Earth Scope furthered another theory by measuring the intensity of the hum with wave height. The collision of waves against each other and battering up against the coast of the western U.S. and Europe would cause the hum. The problem with both theories is that seismological data collected on the hum produced outliers for each model. Sometimes it would be stronger than what a deep wave could produce or, or lighter than what would have been made by mass wave collision. Like the best parts of science, it turns out the answer was pretty simple. It's both. In a paper published in of Geophysical Research Letters, a journal of the American Geophysical Union, French scientists hypothesized that it's actually both wave-based phenomena working together, but it's definitely the waves. That kind of reminds me of the guy on the ancient alien show that says, it may not be aliens, but it's aliens.
Knowing the cause of the hum hasn't yet helped people who are suffering the physical side effects of being super people. Seriously, we're not joking because we are not supposed to be able to hear this thing. But at least one thing is now very clear. They are not crazy. Well, not in this sense of the word. The earth hums because of the oceans. At least that's one theory. Next story goes to the Ringing Rocks. Have you ever heard of them? In 1890, a man named J.J. Ott gave a remarkable concert for the Buckwampum Historical Society. What made the concert remarkable wasn't the music being played, but the instrument Ott was playing. The instrument was made of stones that made clear, bell-like tones when struck by a hammer. You might say it was the first rock concert. Ott procured the musical rocks from a nearby boulder field in Upper Black Eddy, Pennsylvania. Known today as Ringing Rocks Park, the rock field occupies seven acres of an otherwise wooded area and is over 10 feet deep with boulders. Only about a third of the rocks ring, and for a long time, why the rocks rang at all was unclear. However, in 1965, a group of scientists crushed, broke, and sliced the rocks. After performing numerous tests, they found that while all the rocks do in fact ring, they often do so at tones lower than the human ear can perceive. Interactions between these low tones create any audible sounds. However, the exact mechanism by which they ring still remains elusive, and it may have to do with the freeze-thaw cycle that helped create the boulder field in the first place. Though many are tempted to illegally pocket a ringing rock for later use, it is futile, as the rocks lose their musical ability once taken away from the other stones. The apocalypse is upon us? 1 Corinthians 15 verses 51 and 52 in the Bible says this, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we all will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Have you heard about or perhaps seen those videos on YouTube, or anywhere else on the internet for that matter, that purport to be the sounds of trumpets resounding throughout the skies? If you have, you've probably been a bit unsettled by them, or at least mystified. From as far back as 2008, video recordings of strange and eerie sounds have been appearing on the internet. They occasionally garner a mention in the media, but are generally ignored or explained away as a hoax. The result of secret government weapons, the activation of HAARP, H-A-A-R-P, or HAARP-like technologies, or the byproduct of top-secret construction work on underground bases, or aliens, or etc., or etc. Variously described as groaning, metallic, clashing, clanging, and trumpet-like, these usually loud and pronounced noises seem to come from the sky but generally reverberate in such a way that listeners are unable to make out which way they come from. These strange sky sounds have been observed all over the globe and first really caught the public's attention in 2011 when a spate of events 
sparked such widespread interest that significant effort was made to discredit the phenomenon through the dissemination of fake recordings. Some certainly are hoaxes. That's human nature. We mock that which we do not understand. But the sheer proliferation of strange sound events in recent years, the similarities with just some minor differences between them, and the diversity of the locations they've been recorded in, sometimes more than once, speaks to there being a global reality to this phenomenon. In the course of tracking and reporting these events on Signs of the Times, SOTT, it's been noticed that they tend to come in waves. There can be silence for some time. Then four or five strange sound events occur in disparate locations, perhaps within the same region or continent, in the time span of a week or two. And as best as can be told, this trend seems to be increasing. A lady named Kimberly Wookie from British Columbia in Canada first captured the alien sound in June 2013, and since then she has managed to capture several recordings of the noise, with her most recent apparently being in 2015. She says, I personally do not believe that this has any religious connection, nor do I believe it is aliens. I don't believe it's graders, or trains, or construction, etc. I do believe it could be a geophysical phenomenon, she said. Most people in the West believe that such a phenomenon was due to geophysics and not anything related to religion or myths, while others believe it was due to magic. We could actually hear the typical strains of symphony and the sound of strange storms coming from our planet, said NASA's spokesperson as quoted from the local U.S. media. According to NASA, the sound, which is pretty similar to the sound of a trumpet's echo, could be equal to the background music score which we normally hear on sci-fi movies, though such sounds are coming directly from the Earth. NASA further explains that such phenomenon is natural and occurs all the time. However, due to the human's restricted hearing ability, it couldn't detect the sounds when it doesn't occur in high volume. So, it's not angels. It's probably not demons either in that case. It's the natural sound of the earth in its expansions and contractions. Isn't it odd that it's only been relatively recently that the sound has been heard and or recorded? The last 10 years or so is when they've become more noticed, and that by a rather grassroots effort as mainstream news groups won't do much with these stories. There is an interesting viewpoint put forth by one man who put many of the clips of the sounds together and posited that they sound like an orchestra tuning up, but that people in different areas of the world can only hear certain instruments tuning. That's a little far out there, but it's a bit weird to hear them being played together. As for odd sounds that you can identify, my wife and I were out the other afternoon at a pool, and this pool is laid out near a railroad track. I don't know how far away it was, but the train on the track either kept moving forward or backward, and it was a fairly long train because we kept hearing what sounded like explosions. When the train would pull forward, the cars would jerk apart and then pull together, and it would be bam, 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 and the sound would go away from us. Or then we would hear 
it started at the other end. Bam, 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 bam. It was quite a few sounds in a row, not just six or seven. But I think this is something like what some people do here. I, I think there is a mechanical as well as a geophysical reason for it. Another sound that's really strange, in 1997, the bloop was heard on hydrophones across the Pacific. It was a loud, ultra-low frequency sound that was heard at listening stations underwater over 5,000 kilometers apart, and one of many mysterious noises picked up by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. Several articles in the years that followed popularized one suggestion that the bloop might have been the sound of an unknown animal due to the organic nature of the noise, a theory that elevated the bloop to the level of a great unsolved mystery. But willing to put a pin in any fun balloon, Noah came along and said, we're pretty sure that it wasn't an animal, but it was the sound of a relatively common event, the cracking of an ice shelf as it breaks off from Antarctica. Several people have linked to the NOAA's website excitedly claiming that the mystery of the bloop has been solved. But as the information on the NOAA website is undated and without a source, NOAA and Oregon State University seismologist Robert Diziak was contacted to confirm that the bloop really was just an ice quake. And it turns out that's kind of what they always thought it was. The theory of a giant animal making noises loud enough to be heard across the Pacific was more fantasy than science. Diziak explained the NOAA's findings and confirmed that the frequency and time duration characteristics of the bloop signal are consistent and essentially identical to ice quake signals we have recorded off Antarctica, he explained. We have began an acoustic survey of the Bransfield Strait and Drake Passage in 2005, which lasted until 2010. It was an analysis of this recent acoustic data that it became clear that the sounds of ice breaking up and cracking is a dominant source of natural sound in the Southern Ocean. Each year there are tens of thousands of what we call ice quakes, created by the cracking and melting of sea ice and ice calving off glaciers into the ocean. These signals are very similar in character to the bloop. Isn't that funny to have a sound that has a name and it's the bloop? That makes it extremely unlikely that the sound is animal in origin, but he also pointed out the hypothesis that the bloop was caused by an animal wasn't ever really a serious one. He said, what has led to a lot of the misperception of the animal origin of the sound of the bloop is how the sound is played back. Typically, it is played at 16 times normal speed, which makes it sound like an animal vocalization of some sort. However, when the sound is played in real time, it has more of a quake sound to it, similar to thunder. There aren't even that many mysterious sounds picked up by the Noah's hydrophones, according to Diziak. Nearly all sounds can be attributed to major sound categories. Geophysical, which are submarine volcanoes or earthquakes. Weather, which are storms, waves, and wind. Anthropogenic, ships or air guns ice, which is sea ice or iceberg groundling, groundings, and animals, cetaceans or fish. 
Anything else is usually just some kind of electronic interference with the signal. It is easy to see why the bloop was such a compelling mystery. The deep oceans are still mostly unexplored by humans. According to NOAA, more than 95% unexplored. And only a few weeks ago, an entirely new species of whale washed up on a beach in New Zealand. It was only in 2004 that the first video footage was recorded of a giant squid in the wild. To paraphrase Donald Rumsfeld, we know there's a lot we don't know about the deep ocean. Fans of horror fiction were also delighted to note that the location pinpointed as the source of the bloop was located a mere 1,760 kilometers from the location of the sunken city of Ryla, where according to H.P. Lovecraft, the mythical beast Cthulhu is prisoned. Cthulhu would certainly fit the bill of a giant sea creature capable of emitting a sound that could travel for thousands of kilometers throughout the ocean, but unfortunately science has once again ruined the fun. Ain't that always the way? If fish swim in schools, wouldn't it only be natural to assume that somewhere in that school they'd have a choir? Scientists in Australia report that many different species of fish join in a mass chorus with their fellows at dawn and dusk, much the same way as many birds do on land. The researchers from Curtin University in Perth, Australia, recorded vocal fish songs off the coast of Port Hedland in Western Australia for 18 months. They were able to make recordings of seven distinct choirs of fish, including overlapping foghorn calls made by black jewel fish and the ba 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 sounds repeated by chorusing batfish. Most of the noises recorded by the scientists are just a single fish repeating the same call over and over, but when two or more fish of the same kind can hear each other, often over a large distance underwater, they began to overlap their calls in a synchronous pattern. The researchers noted that sound plays an important role in many fish behaviors such as breeding, feeding, and territorial disputes. You've played air guitar before, I'm sure, when listening to one of your favorite rockin' tunes. You ever heard of a rock guitar? Not just the ones that are played on stage, but this is actually a stone instrument, sort of. The rock guitar is an iconic narrow arch of rock in southern Utah. It is the 300-foot-high Rainbow Bridge. Now, to me, I thought the Rainbow Bridge is what pets go over when they pass away. But they've named this thing the Rainbow Bridge and it's been shown to vibrate like a plucked guitar string when stimulated by other sounds and geological vibrations in the local environment, such as waves on a nearby lake or distant earthquakes, according to a study published in September 2016 in the journal Geophysical Research Letters. By making precise measurements of the vibrations of the massive sandstone arch and using those to create computer models of the structure, the researchers were able to identify some of the sources of local vibrations that cause a strong resonant response in the arch. The scientists hope that learning more about the stability of the Rainbow Bridge and how it responds to vibrational stresses in its environment can help preserve the rare and already ancient geological structure for as long as possible. 
Many visitors to the Rainbow Bridge have also reported hearing a distinctive humming sound in the area, and some claim to have recorded the sound. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I appreciate each one of you out there. I would love to hear more from you. I would really love to hear feedback on the stories. Uh, I know there are a bunch of you who like them because I see that you like them on Facebook. Remember that on Mondays you can hear Aaron Hunter doing either interviews with different people or doing uh, listener stories on Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. On Tuesday, you can hear Aaron Frail do a show called Aaron's Horror Show. On Wednesday, you can listen to me doing Terry's Mysterious Moments. And on occasional Thursdays, Patrick Sean Jones does a show called The Sandman Lullaby. You want to go to your app store, either for Apple or Android, look for the Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast app. You'll notice it because it's got a black background and a bright blue eye on it. You download that. You can go straight to our shows. You don't have to go through any other kind of podcaster or podcatcher. Remember, you can always contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. I will answer and we can talk. That's about what I have for this week, and I want to thank you for listening. And I want each one of you to have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you very much.